Hey, Hannah. Hey, Kate. How are you doing today? I am doing just fine. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, enjoying this weather. It's a high of 50 degrees, and I've been freezing all day, which honestly, like, I'm not mad about. Same. I am not mad about it, especially considering yesterday was in the 90s. Yeah. Right? Maybe high 80s. Maybe high 80s. Yeah. Maybe 90 degrees exactly. Right. (laughs) But warm, to say the least. So this has been a great change of pace. Yes. Very nice. I can actually enjoy my warm drink warming me up. Right. And I, for some reason, decided to not have a warm drink today. (laughs) I have a refrigerated cream soda flavored Olipop. (laughs) Well, Olipops are always good. Always good. I would agree. What do you have to drink? I have... This new tea that I bought last night at the grocery store, it tastes like apple cider, but in tea form, Mm. which is awesome because it doesn't have all the sugar and it still tastes like apple cider. So Mm, it's delicious. That sounds so good and very appropriate for fall. Yes. I will say on the note of Olipop, I finally tried the tropical punch flavor for anyone who was skeptical about that flavor because I definitely was and it's really good. It's really good? It's really good. Does it taste like Hawaiian punch at all? Maybe, but it's not super sweet. It's just got like a tang to it. Okay, because that's that was my hesitation. Because Hawaiian punch, you know, thinking back to my memories as a child, was like teeth hurting sweet. Right, you this know? is not, na- not that. This is not that. So definitely recommend if you're wanting a sweet, tangy, bubbly drink. Good to know. A little quick tip for you. Quick tip embedded <laughs> into this full-length episode. <laughs> All right, ready to get into it? I'm ready. Howdy, Howdy from Houston. Houston. I'm Kate. And I'm Hannah. And today we are talking about our favorite thing that we learned from our renal block. So we just finished a few days ago learning about the kidneys and that entire system of the body. And I personally loved this block. It was a lot of information, but it was a lot of super, super interesting stuff. The kidneys essentially are like a second brain. They filter your blood, they control your blood pressure, they modify levels of essential ions and compounds in the body. They really just keep everything in balance. And a big component of the kidneys is this little tiny thing called a nephron. So the nephron is what's doing all of that work that I just said. It's like a tiny little bendy straw with a bunch of holes in it and, you know, does a bunch of different things. But it looks like a little bendy straw. And each kidney has about a million nephrons. That is a lot of nephrons per kidney. So about two million nephrons in your entire body. And I don't know if we were designed that way on purpose, you know, maybe... We were designed that way for aging, you know, over time, if you lose nephrons, maybe it was to endure damage, or maybe it was to have a spare part to potentially donate that kidney to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So a lot of really cool things. But Kate, what was your favorite thing that we learned? Well, honestly, I thought the whole thing was really cool. I just thought it was so interesting to learn about how kidneys regulate different fluids different electrolytes, and how problems with the kidney can manifest as systemic problems. Like small problems can become really, really big issues. So obviously I can't show you what I'm talking about. I don't have a whiteboard with me right now. And even if I did, this is podcast format. And I didn't wanna spend an hour explaining to you all the intricacies of what I think is cool about the kidney. So 
I picked a disease that is relatively straightforward to talk about and kind of illustrates this whole small issues can turn into much bigger problems with the kidney. So the one that I decided to explain on this show today is called diabetic nephropathy. So this just means kidney disease secondary to diabetes. Now before I get into this, patients with diabetes can prevent this and a lot of other secondary issues that come with diabetes by keeping your blood sugars within your target range. So whatever that is for you, um, if you have diabetes, I'm sure you have talked with your doctor, and if you haven't, that's definitely a good thing to do just as a precursor to talking about this. So this is not like something that I want to say is what's definitely going to happen if you have diabetes. So getting into the disease a little bit, renal failure, kidney failure, is a common cause of death for people with diabetes second to heart disease. What happens in the kidneys is the capillary walls get really, really thick. So your capillaries, for people who might not know, are the teeny tiny blood vessels where nutrient exchange occurs. So fluids can cross here and solutes and everything in your blood that should be crossing over when you're giving nutrients to tissues or maybe filtering your blood like is what going what's going on in the kidneys that all happens at the level of the capillaries and it's really important that the walls of these vessels are very thin so that everything can function smoothly now with diabetic nephropathy the walls become really thick and proteins start to leak out into the nephrons which collect everything that is going to go into urine so Hannah mentioned earlier you have two million nephrons in your body and together those two million nephrons filter the blood and collect all the waste products waste fluids waste solutes and make urine so one thing that's definitely not supposed to be filtered out of your blood is proteins because proteins are really important for maintaining fluid balance and keeping your blood pressures correct proteins in addition to solutes like sodium and chloride and potassium all the other things that go in your blood um but proteins in particular, if they start leaking across, your blood concentration of your blood is going to be really low. And so you might start to have edema or swelling in your body that is not good. You never want extra swelling because it puts pressure on organs. It can cause a lot of um, problems with your heart and a lot of other systemic or full body problems. So that's the first step. The walls of the capillaries start thickening in the early stages of diabetic nephropathy. So another thing that starts to happen is glomerular basement membrane thickening, which that's kind of a big word. The glomerular, the glomerulus is the beginning part of that nephron. So when your blood goes into the kidney, it branches off into smaller and smaller blood vessels until it gets to the nephron and then when it first reaches the nephron 
it reaches it in the glomerulus. So this is where all of the initial fluids and electrolytes and solutes are filtered across into the nephron. A lot of it gets reabsorbed so because you don't always need to make a massive amount of urine, but that's different in the kidney, different physiology. But th it's really important, point is, it's really important for this to be really thin. Similar to capillaries for the nutrient exchange, like I mentioned earlier, it's really important for the correct solutes and the correct amount of fluid to filter across into the nephron. So when the glomerular basement membrane or the walls and the framework that make up the glomerulus start to get really thick, things that shouldn't be filtering across, filter across into your urine. So you might start to see things like protein in your urine, which like I just mentioned, really not good. You'll also get some scarring in later stages of this disease. And the scarring is throughout the glomerulus and towards the periphery of the glomerulus can create these little nodules and they're called Kimmel Steel Wilson lesions. So these nodules are associated with severe proteinuria or protein in the urine and renal failure, so kidney failure. And that is not good either because in some cases of renal failure, the more extreme cases, patients need to go on dialysis to have their blood filtered because their kidneys can't do it for them and they might end up on the transplant list, which is a whole big lifestyle change and major stressor, I'm sure. So... That was kind of a lot, but I wanted to illustrate just how important your kidneys are and how important it is to take good care of them as it is with the rest of your body. So true. Yeah, the kidneys, I just, I was just so amazed as we were learning about them, about how vital they are. And they're these tiny little organs. Like remember when we were in anatomy and we get to see each organ up close and the kidneys are not that big. They're about the size of your fist and just the power that they have in the body and the amount of control that they have over the body is just really amazing so they are very sensitive organs that do so much work um, and I just was really honestly I'm impressed by the kidneys <laughs> I am too and I used to kind of think that people who are really interested in the kidneys were like not like weird per se but I just <laughs> was like why do you care so much about the kidneys like <laughs> Their kidneys, like you can just donate one and be fine. But no, the kidneys are cool, you guys. Yeah. Speaking of donating kidneys, that was actually my favorite part of the course of things that we learned. So we were really, really fortunate one day to have uh, a couple come in to speak to us about their experience with kidney donation. Um, and they were just the kindest people, so sweet, so generous to share such a personal story with all of us. Um, they actually had a an article written about them in the Houston Chronicle, and we can link that article below in the show notes if you'd like to read a little bit more detail about them. Uh, but I just will share a little bit about that article here and some of what we learned from their presentation and discussion with us. And again, just a huge thank you to them for coming in and speaking to us, uh, sharing such such a, like I said, a personal story. 
So again, I won't share any personal details that weren't included in the article just for the sake of privacy, but a really big thank you to both of them. So the couple that came in, their names were Jackie and Marvis. Marvis is the individual who received a kidney donation. So Marvis had a really strong family history of a disease called polycystic kidney disease. And the way that this disease works is over time, clusters of cysts will grow on your kidney and it will ultimately lead to kidney failure, which will then require a kidney transplant. So Marvis knew, uh, as well as Jackie, they both knew that over time, this disease would continue to progress and get worse, and eventually he would need a kidney transplant. So they followed this disease over time, and at some point, he ended up going into a kidney failure episode, which ended up in the hospital and then ended up with him on dialysis. So again, like we mentioned, dialysis is for patients whose kidneys are not functional, so they need something else to filter all of their blood for them. So that's what dialysis is doing. So he was on dialysis and knew that the next step for him would be to have a kidney transplant. So the first step that they did was Jackie, his wife, of course, decided to get tested to see if she was a match for Marvis. And thankfully, she was. So she turned out to be a pretty good match, but not a perfect match, but good enough to continue to do the donation. But during this process, they have a whole database of kidney transplant recipients, people who are waiting for a kidney transplant, people who have kidney disease, kidney failure, and are on this list, you know, with a hope and a prayer that they will find a match from somebody else donating their kidney to resolve their disease. And part of this process meant that Jackie, who volunteered to donate her kidney to her husband, was entered into this database. And they were able to find that Jackie was actually a near perfect match for this woman named Lindsay. So Lindsay had a kidney disease that came on really suddenly uh, back in 2018 and required her to go on dialysis as well. So she was on a version of home dialysis, but it was really affecting her lifestyle too. You know, she was a wife and a mother of two little kids. And you know, it's really hard to maintain this busy lifestyle as a mom if you're doing dialysis for however many hours a day. So Lindsay was on this list for many years to receive a kidney donation. And she was told that the likelihood of her finding a match was less than 1%. So super rare that she would find a match perfect enough, or not even perfect enough, just good enough to go good enough to donate and resolve this disease that she had. So Lindsay's husband, Gentry, he had already been tested to see if he could donate a kidney to his wife and it turns out that he was not a match for her but since he had been tested he was also in this database and lo and behold gentry was a perfect match for jackie's husband marvis so just a quick recap of all the names there jackie and marvis are a couple marvis has kidney disease gentry and lindsay are a couple lindsay has kidney disease jackie is a perfect match for Lindsay. And Gentry was a near perfect match for Marvis. So as Jackie and Marvis were telling this story, 
Jackie said she knew immediately that she was going to give her kidney to Lindsay. No hesitation. So though she was prepared to give her kidney to her husband, she said she knew that this was just so much bigger than herself and really wanted to do it and give it to Lindsay. So what they ended up doing was what they call a kidney swap. So Jackie's kidney went to Lindsay and Gentry's kidney went to Marvis. So really just amazing, inspiring story. They met each other after the surgery and both the couples have been really good friends ever since. I think it was about a year ago when this surgery happened. So we were able to speak to this couple one year out, um, kind of celebrate with them, which was just really cool. Uh, it's just really amazing story about being selfless and seeing that we can all just be the good forces that we want to see in the world, you know? Yeah, I actually was not able to make it to this discussion, but I loved hearing the story from you. It was so inspiring and I could just feel, just feel the inspiration and the love and the goodness from this, from you telling me the story. And you could feel it in the room too. You could tell how much Jackie and Marvis loved each other and how generous they were and just the exuding joy that they had for this whole situation. Really just beautiful the way it all worked out. Um, and I'm really hopeful to see this kidney swap program, you know, continue to grow and maybe get more efficient. Yeah, it was just really inspiring to hear them talk about this story and just really see the love that they have for each other. That is so inspiring. Yeah, kidneys are so cool. They bring people together. They do a lot for your body every day. Right now, they are probably making urine. They probably right are. Now. Right now. As we speak. Working overtime all the time. All the time. Yep. Love the kidneys. Mm-hmm. Next block is GI. GI, metabolism, and nutrition. A lot of interesting stuff there, so we'll check back in after that. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you would like to email us and let us know your thoughts on your kidneys, or thoughts in general maybe you think kidneys are really cool now or maybe you're still one of those people who's like "Mm, kidneys i don't get it totally fair but we would love to hear from you if you'd like to email us you can email us at howdyfromhoustonpodcast at gmail.com and we'll catch you on the next episode bye bye